Welcome to Kingdom Conversations, brought to you by WOW Ministries. I'm your host, Catherine, and today we have your other host, Sarah, but we're going to be doing the podcast a little bit differently than we have in the past today, because we have an exciting announcement with a book release, and it's Sarah's brand new book called Kingdom Legacy, A Father-Daughter Anointing, and we're so excited. We're, we're back with a bang to talk about Kingdom Legacy and Sarah's whole process through, through writing the book and, and kind of what it's about. Amen. It's been a minute. So glad to be back, uh, back with you. Um, okay, Kingdom Legacy, A Father-Daughter Anointing. How the book come about was... Um, my, my, my father gave me a file of his 40 years of ministry notes. I mean, some of these pieces of paper were like yellow with age. And he also gave me his favorite Bible, the Dakes and a noted reference Bible. And he said, I feel like this is the time to give you this. He saved it for such a time as this. So I started taking some of his, his notes out and, and reading them and studying them. And I put my spin on it and there's eight lessons in the book. Um, And then it ends with chapter nine, which is a prophetic encouragement called prepare for war. This book um, took about a year to write and edit, which is pretty quick for writing a book, but it was 40 years in the making, some of these, these truths and some of these things um, from my dad's 40 years of ministry. So it's been a long time coming. And when I wrote, um, when the Lord put on my heart, prepare for war, that, that word, I had no clue. And it's about, it's about spiritual war. But I had no clue that the release would come when, you know, war is breaking out. So I definitely think that um, the Lord uh, definitely laid this on my heart for such a time as this. Oh, yes. I love that you say that, too, because the timing in the whole process, you know, you would call me and we would talk about it back and forth and just the different um, through the whole process of writing it and putting it together. Like you said, it, it wasn't just, you know, people see the finished product. They see the last, you know the last thing, but they don't realize the whole process that there is behind, you know, putting a book together and really pouring your, your heart and soul into it. And as we refer to it as your bundle of joy and the timing of this bundle of joy coming forth and being birthed at this time. So, so talk with us a little bit about, um, you know, just some stories that's, that stood out to you during that whole process. You know, the Lord, I know, I know we'd be here all day if we went through all of them, but just some things, you know, confirming and and different things that God really um, let the Holy Spirit led and guided you while writing. Well, you know, I'm still going through the process. Even um, the other day, uh, when I released the book, I had my first hater. I called Catherine. I said, I had my first hater. Someone messaged me and was, how can you charge uh, for a book? Okay. And what did uh, God, what did it cost you? What God gave you and all this. And, uh, you know, I told my daughter, I said, oh, I guess she's mad 
because it costs money to make a book. This is my second book. My first book, I give all away for free. I never charged anyone. And um, I am a single mom and a widow and it does cost money to make to make a book but my daughter's first reaction was she's asking what it cost you well what about we lost you know she lost her dad I lost my husband and all the loss we went through um you know and I was like okay I survived my first hater I'm good now I can go on and then number two come I never even called and told you Catherine (laughs) oh no thank you hater you made me greater (laughs) (laughs) so we count the cost, you yes. know, and I am still on the process. As far as confirmation, um, oh my gosh, um, the Lord, it's like everywhere I look, there's confirmation. Before this book started, I had been seeing the number twos everywhere. And when I see them, I always think of Isaiah twenty two twenty two, which is, I lay the key of the house of David upon your shoulder, whatever th- you'll open, what no man can shut and you'll shut what no man can open which is kind of the heart of the book. We have the keys of the kingdom. That scripture does not say he will open it. He gave us the keys. He gave us the authority. We have that authority to open and close, to prohibit and to allow, you know, um, the binding and loosing um, spoken in the Bible. That simply means to allow and prohibit. And that when we start understanding that, that we have the authority and we need to stop allowing the enemy any place or hand our authority to the enemy, because that's what we're doing. We're giving it over to him. Yes, we can either forbid it or permit it. And I love what you said about, um, you know, because it does cost you something like I think of the story of the alabaster box, that oil there was a cost, there was a price that was paid. And this is essentially, you know, it's not just your thoughts in your your head, or, you know, oh, nice little sermon notes from your dad. These are these are stories. And these are truths, like you said, lessons, and -hmm. really, in my opinion, a tool, a tool guide uh, to navigate these these situations and things. And to me, the book is such a beautiful picture of a father daughter relationship, you know, in the natural, but I believe that that's going to speak volumes to people as as their heavenly father uh, relationship. So let's talk a little bit about the audience that you would say that it, it is, um, you know, geared toward because it towards I know that it was just uh, not just but I know that it, um, of course, is going to minister so much to women, because mm-hmm. I know it ministered so much to me. But I also know that through that, you know, your dad's um, influence in the book, that that's also going to be a powerful uh, uh, tool for men as well. Absolutely. Yes. Um, The subtitle is a father-daughter anointing, but it's a father-child anointing. It's men or women. Um, There is a chapter in the book called Woman Free at Last, and it is, you know, directed towards women, but it's a tool for e- for both. You know, I know when I wrote that, um, my editor called and said, do you have a story you could put in there where maybe there was a time where you, because you were a wo- woman, you got tread a certain way in ministry. And I didn't because my dad had such a healthy relationship in, in showing me and empowering me. And that's the father's heart. Uh, is for us empowering one another. He never treat me with, oh, you can't do this because you are a woman. He always treat me with, you can do this because you are a woman. 
And mm-hmm. there was just that healthy relationship. And I, and I know that not always is that the case for many. So just like you said, I'm praying that this is a tool to, to, to fix that, you know, where we're always trying to, to get better and advance. And as far as who I was writing to and uh, my audience when I wrote this book, well, that's simple. I was writing to me five years ago. Mm. Me five years ago was a totally person, different person than me today. So let me give you a picture of who I was five years ago. Five years ago was right when I had lost my husband. He had just passed away. My kids were younger. My son was only one years old. My daughter was 10. Five years ago at that moment, I didn't want to eat. I didn't want to sleep and I did not want to live anymore. My actual prayers to God were, was God, take me out, take me away. I don't want to be here. That was my prayer. I did nothing but lay in a dark room, mostly watching Netflix because I had a very hard time sleeping. So I would just put on, um, you know, a marathon of a show and just stay up all night and watch it. And uh, the shows that I was picking were not healthy. Uh, I remember one that I watched right after I lost my husband was 13 Reasons Why, which is, if you're not familiar, it's a, it's a, show about a girl who's giving 13 reasons why she chose to commit suicide. So I am having like, I don't want to be here anymore thoughts. And we know it's the thoughts that lead into attempts. Okay. And now I'm watching a show where this girl is literally committing suicide. I was the enemy's playground. I was Mm. his playground. And the Lord was so patient with me. Um, it, it was just little things. Uh, I remember I took my daughter to school and I was in a complete brain fog. I got, I got in a car accident at that time. I actually hit a man in, on a bike because I probably shouldn't have been driving because I didn't know what I was doing. I was so, you know, just completely in, in depression. And um, the Lord spoke to me in that time. And one word that he spoke to me so clearly was, you are not forgotten. How could Mm. I forget you? Your name is written on the palm of my hand. Amen. And I remember he spoke that to my heart and I just started bawling and crying. Just that, just that one word. And then I started listening to podcast, um, elevation church podcast, pastor Stephen Furtick. I had never heard him before. And I started listening to his podcast. That podcast became my lifeline. I started listening to that 24 hours a day, morning, night. It was almost like I was in the hospital and that was my IV. And, um, eventually I, you know, then, then I started like picking up my Bible and the Lord would speak to me, um, you know, personally, I was getting my own words. But for a while, I was like listening to those podcasts and those churches and it and it was ministering to me. And I was tied up in such knots. And in God's tender, loving mercy way, he like, um, he, he took one out one at a time, I he could have done it. Boom, all at once. But I gave it to him a little bit at a time. And as I give it over to him, the healing process began. 
And this was born, you know, out of out of brokenness. And I know this is an interview and we have to be professional, but I just have to say I am so proud of you as your friend and co-host and ministry (laughs) partner, because I did see that I did see that that progression. And I did I was there, you know, uh, you it's it's one thing to talk about it and to reflect back on your testimony and the power in your own personal testimony. But it's something, you know, when you see it firsthand and you see what people are going through and it, it gives you that compassion um, in your heart. So I did did see firsthand the process. So I believe through this book, you know, it, it is the, the accounts and the, the progression and that process basically put into paper and put out there and it did cost you a lot it, it it did cost you a lot but i believe through your healing and through your breakthrough that this is going to go out to other people and bring healing and breakthrough you know mentally physically emotionally relationally whatever they're going through because you went through it firsthand you lived it so you can speak from that place of experience not just oh i'm telling you a story or making something up or just saying something off the top of my hand off the top of my head this is your oil that you paid a high price for and it's anointed you know that's my that's my plug for the book if that doesn't do it then (laughs) I don't know what will and um, you know just even you know with your dad too like his involvement in it and his his experience with ministry and with um with everything. So let's talk about Joel's army. I love that, that chapter. Let's talk about the Joel's army chapter. Amen. The, the, the last chapter, chapter nine, which switches gears from more of like the little lessons to a prophetic call. And the Lord spoke to my heart and he said, it's time prepare the army that Joel spit, the warrior army that Joel spoke of in Joel, the book of Joel. And um, that chapter is called prepare for war. And um, it's a warrior army. And Joel says, alas, the day for the day of the Lord is at hand. It's so similar to, to when Jesus's ministry repent for the kingdom is at hand. And um, the mighty army needs to protect and serve the king. Joel, in, in his, he has a prophetic ministry. He saw an army of warriors called to defend the king of kings and his kingdom. And we are that warrior army. There is a warrior inside each and every one of us. And it's laid dormant too long. It laid dormant too long in my life. I had to awaken it. And when God looks at us, he sees us as that warrior. He doesn't see us as... Um, you know, beat down or, um, uh, you know, when Gideon was laying, um, you know, hiding and I was just like, I was hiding. He called him as the warrior that he was. And he said, get up. Mm, And that revelation of identity, because I know we laugh all the time because, you know, you got that prophetic word about writing a book and you're like, okay, I did my one book. <laughs> I did my thing. That was mm-hmm. it. All right, God, I'm, I'm good. But God is truly the God of, you know, beyond your wildest dreams above and beyond. You know, would you have ever thought that you would write not only one book, but two books? 
and I'm working on my third. <laughs> <laughs> there you go. So it just keeps getting better and keep going on because we so have that tendency, you know what I mean? Even just to focus on one thing or get one task done. And it's not just about the task. It's about the whole journey. It's about everything and the fullness that God has in store for your life through your identity and purpose and destiny. And that was, you know, even a revelation through writing the book that I know, you know, constantly he works on us. It's a, it's a, it's a lifelong thing, but I know that, you know, you would have never thought that, you know, we laugh and joke all the time, like, oh no, I'm not a writer. Or you said in the past, I tried to write things and just couldn't. And it truly was the strategic timing of God where he placed it for such a time as this. When it flows, it flows. Um, I remember when me and Catherine started ministry school, um, the interview that you have to take before you you enroll, um, Pastor Joel. <laughs> <laughs> we have many great Joels in our life. He uh, prophesied over me and said, I see you writing books, plural, not just a book, books. By the, by the time I graduated ministry school, my first book was completed. Um, and it's just amazing how that, uh, me and Catherine call it the slingshot anointing, how when it's the time is right, it's like, boom, zero to 100. And all that, that pulling back was for this. Oh, yeah, to propel you forward and to accelerate you and to take you, you know, the Lord will take you exactly where you need to be. And I just know for my own self, it's just so encouraging to see because you are a single mom and you have been through so much and that has never been a limitation upon you. That has never been something that said, well, I can't write this book because of the kids or I can't do this because I'm doing that. It was never something that you viewed because it's so important how we not only view God, but how we view ourselves. And he has equipped us to be able to do these things. And I had to write the book because of the kids, you know, they were, they were there watching when I was in that um, fetal position. And actually my son was younger. He was just a baby, but my, my depression. And at the time, I mean, you never want to, to do that to your kids. I didn't know I was blinded, but it was rubbing off on my daughter and she was suffering also. And when I, I couldn't do it from that place though. I had to get the healing for myself first. And then I reached down and pulled her out. I would have done it faster if I would have known I, I, you know, we can't go back, but like you said, he uses it all the good, the bad and the ugly when we're real and when yes. we're honest. and I had to do it for the kids. And that is kingdom legacy. You know, we, we, we pass it on to our, our family. That's who, who's most important to us, you know? Um, and we run our race and we pass them the baton. The cover of the book is a passing of the baton. And where the decisions we make today will reflect on where our kids start off. Oh, absolutely. I love that you said that too, because 
really, you know, it sacrificed you time, money. It was an act of obedience and worship to God writing this book. And that does impact, you know, I had the the privilege of writing the foreword for the book. And one of the things that always stood out to my book to, to me about the book was that it's multi-generational, that a legacy affects the generations to come. And that this isn't just about the here and now, but it's about what we're creating in the future for our kids, our grandkids, and the generations to come. So as far as being able to get our hands on this gem, uh, tell the listeners how they can get uh, Kingdom Legacy. Okay, if you Google Kingdom Legacy, Sarah Davis, um, you can get it anywhere books are sold online, including the most popular, which is Amazon, Barnes & Noble, uh, if you have, if you like uh, the digital versions, it's available with Kindle or iBooks. It's even available on Walmart.com, so you can get it any anywhere where books are sold online. Perfect. And then you're also going to be uh, at the Dress to Kill conference. You're going to have a table set up there too, as well. Yes, Dress to Kill conference, um, Little Rock, Arkansas, March 25th and 26th. We are looking so forward to that. And the book will be available there. So you can meet the author <laughs> if you're in the area, get a signed copy, and it'll be offered too at a, at a discounted rate um, at, the, at the conference. So that is just so, so exciting, so encouraging and just I just can't wait. I just can't wait to get my physical copy in my hand. I know that I've been, <laughs> I know that we've, we've spitballed all, I just can't wait to see the finished actual product. Amen. And I just want, before we uh, conclude, I just wanted to, to everyone to remember when you're running your race, you are not running alone. You're running with God. He gives you the grace to continue and to finish well and have good success. Absolutely. And it's not about what other people are doing. It's about the race that he set before you. He's passing you the baton and you're passing it on to others to be a blessing. And like you said, you got to get it for yourself first before you can pour into the lives of your, your families and every single person that's connected to you. Well, that concludes our interview for today. Jesus loves you. We love you. And the kingdom is for you.